Welcome to the revolution. Hello and welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams. And as always, thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate it. From the bottom of my heart, we have some wild things to discuss, some happenings in the metaverse, some things that have gone on with recent bans. So let's jump into it. Today, we are going to talk about Mark Zuckerberg unveiling his new allegedly boyish metaverse avatar after getting mocked for his creepy dead-eyed original version. So we will discuss that. We will also discuss a little bit about what the hell the metaverse is and even if you want to ever take part in it for any reason. We're also going to talk about a biotech company that wants to take human DNA and basically just create artificial embryos that could be used to harvest organs for medical transplants, which sounds a lot I mean, it sounds pretty creepy, but when you actually think about what that means, it's extremely creepy and uh, definitely some sort of human rights violation. And if it's not, it should be. But we will discuss that. We'll also discuss some recent allegations by Russia saying that Ukraine has been using chemical terrorism on its soldiers, as well as a recent, I guess, assassination that happened on the daughter of a Russian intelligence officer, uh, which seems a little bit like a little bit like a war crime to me. So we'll discuss that. We'll also talk about maybe we'll, we might have this little bonus article here. We'll see if we get to it, but we got some some decent things to discuss here. So if we do get to it, we'll talk about a dad who took photos of his toddler, you know, basically like every person who takes photos of their toddler ever. Um, but actually for this one was to send it to a doctor and Google flagged him as a criminal, like basically for pedophilia distribution in some way when his doctor asked him for the photo. So we may get to that and discuss it. We are also the main topic for today. Some videos that I have up today are to discuss Andrew Tate. And if you don't know who Andrew Tate is, he's quite the character and uh, he's a influencer, whatever the hell that means today, but he's kind of a dick <laughs> and kind of might be uh, a little bit of an understatement, but he was recently banned by Instagram and Facebook. So we will discuss why and if I agree with the decision. So I guess you'll have to stick around for that. Now, that is what we're going to discuss today. It's going to be a great conversation, so stick around. But the first thing I need you to do is go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review. It would mean the world to me if you did so. It's the only way that we can get put up in the rankings. So I appreciate you and love you for listening. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. If it's your first time here, I appreciate it more than you know. And if you don't know already, and you probably do, it's a good way to get some good karma. Leave a five-star review. Tell me what you liked about the podcast. Tell me what you hate about Andrew Tate or love about him. I don't know, whatever your opinion is. <laughs> I don't know. Say something on there and leave a five-star review. It would mean a lot. Then next thing I need to do is head over to redpillrevolution.co. You can sign up for the Substack. You'll get all of the articles, all of the videos from today's episode directly in your email, along with the audio podcast, the video podcast, some awesome stuff that I'm building over there directly on the website where you can get basically all of the content. So head over there right now. And that's all I got for you. So without further ado, let's jump into it episode 40 of the Red Pill Revolution podcast. Welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams. Red Pill Revolution started out with me realizing everything that I knew, everything that I believed, everything I interpret about my life is through the lens of the information I was spoon-fed as a child. Religion, 
politics, history, conspiracies, Hollywood, medicine, money, food, all of it. Everything we know was tactfully written to influence your decisions and your view on reality by those in power. Now, I'm on a mission. A mission to retrain and re-educate myself to find the true reality of what is behind that curtain. And I'm taking your ass with me. Welcome to the revolution. All right. Welcome to episode 40 of the Red Pill Revolution podcast. And the very first topic that we are going to discuss today is going to be Mark Zuckerberg coming out with a new avatar for his metaverse uh, deal he's got going on there. So it says Mark Zuckerberg unveils new boyish metaverse avatar after getting mocked for a creepy dead eyed original version. (laughs) So let's look at this article. If you'll be able to see this, uh, if you're watching the video, if not, just look up Mark Zuckerberg metaverse avatar and you'll see why everybody's going crazy about this because it is quite creepy right i think the idea for people in the metaverse is already kind of a a weird uh idea for them to jump into a ar virtual reality type of world and interact with other people and it seems to be even creepier when you're doing it with basically me or we characters (laughs) everybody's walking around looking like the original we characters you'd think by now 2022 10 years after the we came out that they probably would have improved avatars in some way, shape, or form, but I don't know. It seems like Facebook just kind of ripped them off of Nintendo. But from the looks of this picture, the original one's a little bit more, a uh, little bit more 2D. The, the next one's a little bit more 3D, which I don't know how you, you know, they didn't change the whole graphics of the metaverse to do this. But it goes on to say that uh, Mark Zuckerberg the CEO of Meta, unveiled a new boyish metaverse avatar on Friday after a creepy dead-eyed version he posted Monday was roundedly mocked. Roundly, not roundedly. Zuckerberg also on Friday promised a major graphics update for Horizon Worlds metaverse's platform, which has been criticized for its budget feel, on which I guess is what I was just talking about with the We Hold deal. On Monday, Zuckerberg shared on his Facebook profile that Horizon Worlds had launched in France and Spain and posted an image of the Zuckerberg avatar standing in front of the Eiffel Tower. Social media users were quick to deride the image, with some likening it to the graphics of 1990s video games like Zelda and Quake in 2007's Second Life. Now, that's an interesting conversation because if you don't know what Second Life is, Second Life was a some type of like role-playing game you could have played, I don't know, 15 to 20 years ago. Like really, like when the internet first started, Second Life was a, a very commonly used, you know, like third world. I remember my my father actually talking to me about it and saying how people would like buy houses and buy land in Second Life and they would go to a job and they would like do all this crazy stuff. And it sounded almost exactly like what Mark Zuckerberg's trying to recreate here just with and with the same exact graphics you think they would do a little bit better job at it but if you don't know what Second Life is go look it up I guess it has a very uh dedicated community of furries over the years who would meet up there but um it it is quite wild to me that there's been literally there there's no difference between the metaverse and what Second Life was And so it's like a weird, you know, the idea of like getting, putting a headset on and using, you know, web three type, uh, 
you know, uh, cryptocurrencies to buy stuff and uh, NFTs in your home that you can show. Like, I guess there's that element to it, but it's nothing new. This has been out for a while. Second Life has been around for a very long time, you know, and, and the only difference that they seem to have at all is this just seems to be more expensive and requires a barrier to entry with a virtual reality headset. So I would say looking at this picture, of Mark Zuckerberg. The only thing more creepy than Mark Zuckerberg's original or second avatar, right? This weird boyish avatar. The only thing creepier than Mark Zuckerberg's avatar is Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> if you go back and watch him in front of like the Senate or Congress and you see him sipping, you know, his his water sipping stuff that he was so famous for, you know, is is so interesting to see this robot sit in front and answer questions exactly like a robot would. And so Mark Zuckerberg's creepy little avatar here is pushing me no closer to jumping on the metaverse. Now, what I would say is that AR VR is absolutely going to come into your life. It's absolutely going to become in, uh, a big facet of business. They're going to find a use for it. You see all of these huge companies like Google, like Apple, like Facebook, Meta, whatever the hell you want to call it. They're all getting in on this for a reason. And this, the reason is not for today. The reason is for, I don't know, five or 10 years from now. If you remember and think back to like Google Glass, right? The glasses that you would wear. Google Glass was mocked ridiculously for a while, but it looked a lot better than these virtual reality sets. So, so think of like if you're putting on Google Glass and you're walking through your normal day to day, the idea is going to be that your phone's going to go away. It's going to integrate into your glasses, eventually turn into contacts and eventually be an implant in the back of your head. But the idea is going to be that it's not going to be these huge Oculus glasses that you're wearing on your head. The idea is it's going to be first something like the Google Glass. Hopefully just not as weird, you know, sci-fi looking. But the Google Glass was mocked for by a ton of people. There was a super long beta program, which like took all the hype away from it. But imagine the Oculus turning into Google Glass. And then imagine going about your day and doing everything that you would normally do on your phone, where you have to look down, your neck stretches out six different ways, and you wake up with a, only being able to look to the right instead of the left. <laughs> All of that will go away is my guess. All of that's going to, what's going to happen is it's going to turn into glasses that you're going to be able to, that augmented reality is going to be going about your everyday, shooting video from it, taking pictures with it. Eventually it'll become integrated into your body somehow. So you don't even have to wear glasses, but I probably would rather just have glasses, honestly, myself. And then the gaming aspects of it, cool, but there, there's a lot of really interesting business cases that are coming about. And I'm finding this out in my business life, but I really do think that it's going to become a part of something. Now, I don't think that the virtual reality we universe that they're creating here is going to be the answer. I think it's more so a test pilot for them to, you know, utilize these things and try new things to see how people like it. And I don't know, weird, weird stuff, but that's where we're going. hundred percent. That's where we're going. Augmented reality VR is going to be very much so integrated into people's everyday lives, probably more than a lot of people would like, but eventually you'll do it because the inconvenience of not doing it will be outweighed by the convenience of doing it. And what will be a positive thing that comes out of that is we'll be able to get rid of our phones, right? You'll actually seem like you're interacting with people. You'll look up a little bit more. There probably won't be as many people with scoliosis in the world. So the chiropractors of the world might go away. <laughs> There's a lot of positive things that could come out of this. But one of the negative things is we have to see Mark Zuckerberg's creepy little wee face. And, and uh, even though he updated it, it looks just as bad. So anyways, just wanted to throw that out there. I thought that was hilarious that <laughs> his Wii character, his metaverse avatar is basically just as almost as creepy as he is in real life.
All right. So the next thing that we're going to discuss here is going to be a little bit more, you know, I guess to me a little bit more creepy. What they're going to be doing is, and this comes from the businessinsider.com, and it comes from an Israeli company that is going to, it's a biotech company that wants to take human DNA and create artificial embryos to basically take for human organ harvesting. You heard that right. In true Jurassic Park fashion, they want to make cloned humans to do organ harvesting off of. What a super freaky, weird future dystopia do we live in where this becomes an acceptable headline even without a bunch of people going off on how wrong this is. Right, I'm pretty sure this would be not allowed legally in a lot of different countries. Um, but let's go ahead and read this read this article and then we'll talk about it. It says a biotech company based in Israel wants to replicate a recent experiment that successfully created an artificial mouse embryo from stem cells, only this time with human cells. So scientists at Wetsnam's molecular genetics department grew synthetic mouse embryos in a jar without the use of sperm, eggs, or a womb. According to a newspaper published in the journal Cell on August 1st, it was the first time the process had been successfully completed. Insiders Marianne Gunat reported, the, re the replica embryos could not develop into fully formed mice and were therefore not real. Not real? What does that even mean? Jacob Hanna, who led the experiment, what does real mean? Real means tangible, right? Maybe they're not completely sentient like you and I or a regular mouse or a regular person, but it doesn't mean they're not real. They don't, they're not Mark Zuckerberg's meta avatar. <laughs> like, no, they're real. However, scientists, it says, observed the synthetic embryos having a beating heart, blood circulation, the start of a brain, a neural tube, and an intestinal tract. Hanna told MIT Technology Review after the success of the mouse review, or the mouse experiment. He is working to replicate the results with human cells, including his own. The embryo is the best organ-making machine and the best 3D bioprinter we tried to emulate what it does, Hannah said in a statement. Other experts say that it will take significantly more research before synthetic human embryos are within reach. Renewabio, the Israel-based company founded by Hannah, wants to use this science for organ tissue transplants that could solve infertility, genetic diseases, and issues related to old age. For example, the MIT Technology Review reported that blood cells from the embryo could potentially be used to help boost immunocompromised systems. Renewabio believes that some of the world's most pressing problems are declining birth rates and fast-aging populations. To solve these complex and compounding issues, Renewabio aims to make humanity younger and healthier by leveraging the power of the new stem cell technology. Wow. Okay, in short, what they're doing is they're creating half... So it says, Handel told the MIT Technology Review that he could potentially get around these ethical concerns. So actually, let's read the next couple paragraphs because it talks about that. It says, to solve these complex issues, we just talked about it, um, uh, Amiri, Amiriev Drory, the acting CEO of Renewabio, told MIT Technology Review that the company did not want to overpromise or scare people in, with the potential technology, but that Hannah's experiment was amazing. The use of human embryo clones for research has been frequently raised ethical research, uh, concerns within the scientific community, including the potential that synthetic embryos may experience pain or sentience, according to a 2017 paper published in the Journal of eLife. Hannah told MIT Technology Review that he could potentially get around these ethical concerns by creating synthetic human embryos with no heart, no lungs, or no brain. Wow. You, that is a literal supervillain there, cloning people to harvest their organs in, in a test tube. Like, what, how, 
in the world is this not a, a UN violation? I'm sure it is, right? I'm sure you're going to have to go to a, uh, a a bio lab in Ukraine that doesn't exist to have this type of thing done. You know, like the other 17 that still, according to the United States, doesn't exist. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, they're, they're definitely going to have to skirt some some legality rules. Now, this is something that China's been doing for a while. Is is some type of like, have you ever heard of the word chimera? Chimeras are a real thing. So, if you think back to like, there's like a lot of like, uh, like not not biblical, but like hieroglyphics ideas. Think of like the man, uh, the centaur. Right, a centaur is a chimera in a way because it's a human mixed with a horse. And a, a chimera is something that they've been doing in China for decades. They've been literally taking animals, cloning them, and mixing their DNAs so that they're not considered something that falls under the laws that we have created because we never created laws with the intention for China to recreate mixed animal DNA creatures. And so they've been using these creatures and mixing them with things like pigs and humans so that they can do these types of organ harvesting, which I'm finding out recently. And you'll find this out in the next episode where I do an interview with a guy who, who discusses this type of thing where they do these live organ harvestings in China on certain communities, which is going to be an awesome episode. Um, not awesome is probably not the right term, but a very intriguing and deep and highly concerning episode is probably much more accurate than interesting or any other words that I used for that. But this this seems to be a, a direction that humanity is going that a lot of people ethically are not even aware of, right? They're, they're not aware of this. Art this article was like pretty buried on Reddit that I found it. Um, and it was just released nine hours ago. So maybe that's why. But it's, it's not a very talked about issue that there's literally animal human bags of meat out there that they're taking organs from in China, trying to recreate. Look, if you don't believe me, there's scientific articles where they're talking about this thing. This is not, this is not new. This is not conspiracy theories, nothing. This is legitimate science. I don't know if you consider that legitimate, but you know, God making of, of scientists by creating their own animals. I mean, there was a quote that was pulled from Jurassic Park about, you know, doing something before it's ready. Like I saw it from this post about this. Let's see if I can find it, because I think it was a pretty well relatable quote to what's actually happening here. It, it talks, you know, if you know the idea of, um, you know, Jurassic Park, which I'm sure most of you <laughs> understand. Um, it, it's the idea that we're doing something that we don't know what we're doing, right? We have no idea what the implications of these actions are going to be. We have no idea what's actually going to come of this. We have no idea what type of sentience these things have. We have no idea what we are doing, yet we are doing it anyways. And nobody's talking about like this literally has 200, 322 comments on it, and it's buried. And we're cloning humans, right? Like it's, this is this is not this this should not be a small deal. Um, so let's read what it says here. It says that the, uh, let's see if I can find this Jurassic Park quote. Now, the interesting thing that Reddit's been doing is they've changed it from top comments to best comments, which who decides what's best? They do. So they can go in there and curate it however you like, and you have to go in there and specifically choose to go to top comments instead of best comments. Um, but let's see if I can even find this. And if not, I'll, I'll kind of give you a synopsis of what was said here, but it looks like they've buried a lot of this. 
uh, of the actual comments here. So maybe I won't be able to find it, but I'm sure it's readily available for you to look up a quote from Jurassic Park where they're talking about this. But the whole idea is that we're doing something that we don't understand. We're, we're putting ourselves in a position of humanity. We are, our scientists are acting as if they are gods. Right? They are messing with human DNA and mandating you to do it or else you don't get your job. They are creating human clones that they're taking lungs, hearts, and brains away from so that they're not legally considered humans. We, this is the most sickening, disgusting thing that's going on. In the, like Probably not the most, but pretty damn up there. And nobody's talking about it. Right. We, we are so and that's the problem with the Internet is that we are so overloaded with so much information. You can go on Reddit and find 500 posts that are more lighting up to the brain of the average individual and then buried in there somewhere is this article and it never sees the light of day. And even to the point, I should have a whole damn episode on this and we're going to be talking about some random social media influencer getting banned. Right. And now he's not random. He's like one of the most, you know, controversial top people of right now, but nowhere near the amount of attention and energy should be drawn to that. It is just drawn to this, right? And yet we're going to be talking about that for probably even further because I didn't do enough research on it. This is wild. This is crazy. I just saw, like I said, this article came out nine, nine hours ago, but it's absolutely something that we should be talking about and something that we should be highly, highly concerned with. Uh, but anyways, um, let's just read this small portion and we'll, it says, I mean, I guess we read a little bit more of it than we, we needed to. This is crazy. This is wild. There should be outcries everywhere in the world about this and nobody is talking about it. So maybe we should, you know, bring it up. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll do a whole episode deep dive into it. And, and, and I think it'd be fair because the chimera conversation is absolutely one that you should know about too. And in, in the, you know, atrocities that are happening in these deep, dark biomedical labs with these villain-like supervillain scientists out there creating monsters that we don't even know what we're doing, right? And, and at the same time, they're creating AI. And at the same, like literally every, Jurassic Park would be the least of my concerns compared to the AI super robots that we're creating that are gonna be doing your chores according to Elon Musk and the chimera slash cloning of humans for organ harvesting. If they created dinosaurs and put them in a zoo, that's pretty damn cool. This is, this is not the thing. <laughs> like, let's, let's go back to Jurassic Park times because I'd much rather have that than I think have this. Uh, anyways, so the next topic that we're going to discuss here is going to be the Russia-Ukraine situation. We haven't had a, a really big, um, we haven't had a really big update on this recently, and it seems like you almost have to find this information yourself, right? If you're, you know, how many people on on your road have a damn Ukraine flag on their porch? It's so crazy. But you really aren't hearing much about it. And, and this might be why there's some, some weird uh, black hat war tactics going on here between Russia and Ukraine. And a, a good amount of it from the headlines and the headlines, only the headlines that we're seeing that are curated for us on the American, uh, you know, internets, <clears throat> just like China had their own 10 years ago. We now have our own, you know, access to information because you can't even find the um, what is it, RT Russia uh, news outlets talking about these things. You have to go to Reddit and only get spoon fed what they're telling you that they want you to, to, to hear through the censorship of our social media channels. So now this comes from, I'm going to butcher this, but it's like a foreign news company, Al Jazeera, A-L-J-A-Z-E-E-R-A. 
And it says that Russia accuses Ukraine of chemical terrorism using toxin. So that Russia is accusing Ukraine of poisoning their soldiers, which would be against the Geneva Convention. It says Kiev dismisses the allegations of poisoning Russian soldiers with butolinium toxin and says that invading troops likely ate expired canned foods. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we think you're poisoning our soldiers. Nah, they probably got some bad chili from Kroger. <laughs> Uh, it says that Russian's defense minister accused Ukraine of poisoning some of its soldiers in the Russia-controlled part of Ukraine's southern eastern region of Zaporizhia in late July. An advisor to Ukraine's interior ministry said that on Saturday, in response to the alleged poisoning, could have been caused by Russian forces eating expired canned meat. A number of Russian soldiers were taken to a military hospital with signs of severe poisoning. On July 31st, tests showed a toxic su substance, butylinum. Botulium, B-O-T-U-L-I-N-U-M, botulium, toxin type B in their bodies, the Russian Defense Ministry said. On, on the fact of chemical terrorism sanctioned by the Zelensky regime, Russia is preparing supporting evidence with the results of all the analysis, said the ministry in a statement. It did not say how many soldiers suffered poisoning or what their condition was now or elaborate on what the supporting evidence was involved. Butylinium toxin type B is a neurotoxin that caused... That can cause botulism, gosh, this word's stupid, botulism <laughs> when ingested in his previously contaminated food product, but it can also have medical uses. Russia's defense ministry said that its findings will be given to the Organization for Prohibited of Chemical Weapons, or OPCW. Evidence of chemical terrorism by the Kiev regime will soon be formally forwarded to the OPCW through the permanent mission of Russia, it said. Um, it goes on to talk about the Russian expired meat. An additional investigation was also being conducted by the possible poisoning of the head of the provisional administration of Kyrgyzstan region uh, with alleged chemical warfare agents, it added. Saldo was a former mayor of the city of Kyrgyzstan and was appointed to head of the re region of the same name when Russian troops overran it early in March. Uh, the part does not clarify whether the poisoning could have been caused by expired canned meat, which is often found. So he had the same poisoning. So they're using this consistently or allegedly not using it. Um, but there's some really bad spam in Ukraine, according to this article, because they seem to be writing it off pretty easily as food. Um, now, the next one is so so that's the the intro to this, right? Over the last week, that's in the last several days, we saw an article now about the potential of Ukraine poisoning Russian soldiers. Okay, now what we're seeing is a article that says that the car bomb kills the daughter of spiritual guide to Putin's Ukraine invasion. Now, this is a different headline than CNN originally had, which was Daria Dugina killed car killed in a car explosion, and it was a Russian intelligence officer. So, so it basically was, I, I can go find the exact heading of it. Um, but basically, it, they changed the, t the title of it to make it sound like some, like this guy was the entire reason for the war happening in the first place, which is absolutely not the case, right? At least from my understanding, it, it, I don't think anybody can answer that question, honestly, actually, I don't know. And neither is the CNN. But the original title of that article was Daughter of Russian of Russian, who was inspirational force behind Putin's invasion of Ukraine, killed in a car explosion. You know, what they don't use in that title is the word civilian. It's not the intelligence officer who was killed in a car bomb. It's not a Russian soldier. It, it's the daughter 
of an intelligence officer. So you're literally going off after family members, going after family members of, of intelligence. That's a civilian. That's again, a violation of the Geneva Convention is killing civilians. This is a violation of the Geneva Convention, right? No matter what you do, nobody gets, unless you're the mafia, you shouldn't be going after people's family. And even then it's wrong, obviously. But in this case, if, if you're trying to curate world support from the United States citizens, the way to get to their hearts is not by bombing random people's children, right? And we're literally funding this entire war, right? But let's go ahead and we'll, we'll watch this. I don't know if it's, uh, I think it's a part of the actual uh, video. It says, warning, this contains graphic information. So we'll watch it. We'll see if it says anything, if it's just the explosion, uh, which it looks like it is. So let's see and turn this down for you guys. So it's basically just showing the aftermath of a car uh, all down the road, a bunch of pieces of the car everywhere. The daughter of an influential and prominent supporter of Vladimir Putin was killed yesterday when her car exploded in a town near Moscow. That is according to Russian state media, which also says it is likely an explosive device was planted in the car Daria Duginoas was driving. Wow. And if that's her, she's uh, probably in her very early 30s, late 20s. Um, pretty blonde woman. Um, and now she's become the... Uh, become the victim of a bombing by obviously Ukrainian forces. So this says that Russian authorities said uh, Sunday that they had opened a murder investigation after the daughter of influential ultra-nationalist philosopher Alexander Dugin was killed by a car bomb on the outskirts of Moscow. So he's not even an intelligence officer. He's a philosopher. And they use the word ultra-nationalist, right? Ultra-mega, right? All the the ultra extremes of the world to justify the killing of random civilians. And this is coming from CNN. So let's see what they have to say about it. It says the Russian investigative committee said it believes someone planned and ordered the car explosion that killed D Daria Dugina based on evidence already collected from the blast. Taken into account the data already obtained, the investigation believes that the crime was pre-planned and was of an ordered nature. Dugina Said, uh, died in the scene after the ex an explosive device, presumably installed in the Toyota Land Cruiser, went off on a public road and the car caught fire at around 9 o'clock p.m. near the village of, I'm not even going to try it, according to the press service of the Russian investigative committee, as was, uh, reported by the Russian state news agency, TASS. Dugina's uh, father is a Russian author and ideologue, credited with being the architect of sp or spiritual guide to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. He is purported to have significant influence over Russian President Vladimir Putin and was described as Putin's brain. Yeah, of course you're going to call that when you randomly kill the guy's daughter. He's a philosopher. You don't get to kill somebody or their daughter for their thoughts. So here's a video of him. Uh, this is what he said about Trump and Putin in 2017, which I'm sure will frame him very well being from CNN. So let's watch this or listen, I guess, because I don't have it downloaded, but let's watch it slash listen because you can't see it. <laughs> Go ahead, Mr. Trump. In Trump, we trust. Meet the man who has been dubbed Putin's brain. Ultra-conservative philosopher and TV personality Alexander Dugin is a champion of Russian nationalism. And he says President Trump is on the same wavelength. As long as I could uh, judge 
on Donald Trump, I have remarked many, many similarities with my, uh, my thought. And his inaugurational speech discourse was as if I would, uh, I would write it myself. Dugin is seen as one of the architects of Russia's growing ideology, a conservative nationalism with roots in the Orthodox Church that is being exported across the world as an alternative to liberal democracy. November 8, 2016 was an important victory for Russia and for Putin personally. Dugan says that Putin didn't meddle with the U.S. election, but that he provided Trump with a different kind of assistance. <laughs> the real help of Putin to Trump was the example. And notice how they immediately try to tie the guy who's their favorite sports team, Ukraine's soldiers. Uh, they immediately try to try him, tie him to Trump and make him look bad to their to their people so that they can shout from the rooftops that somebody who was pro-Trump and pro-Putin's daughter got murdered in the street for no reason because of his philosophy. So well, let's go ahead and read the rest of this. It says that both Dugan and his daughter have been sanctioned by the United States. The United Kingdom sanctioned Dugina in July for being a frequent and high-profile contributor of disinformation in relation to Ukraine and the Russia invasion on Ukraine on various online platforms. Wow. Interesting. The United States sanctioned their family. Uh, and now CNN's obviously finding some way to make this a positive thing that his daughter was killed. Videos of the explosion showed a vehicle on the fire at the side of the road and smashed car parts strewn across the surrounding area. One unverified video appears to show Dugan at the scene. A friend of Dugina said that he believed Dugina's father was the true target of the blast or possibly both of them as the car belonged to Alexander. It's her father's car. Um, Deshna drove another car, but she drove his car today and Alexander went separately. Uh, this was Andrei Krasnov, who's the head of Rusky Gorzant, or Russian Horizon Social Movement, and a personal acquaintance of Dugina's family. Dugina's family. Um, a Russian foreign ministry official implied that Ukrainian state structures were responsible for the explosion, a claim that Ukrainian authorities have denied. Of course you did, because you killed his daughter, and you know that you're not going to get public support surrounding that, even though CNN will try to make it a positive thing. Right. So they go on and on and on about this. But I guess the moral of the story here is nobody is in the right here. This is a ideological war and a war for Klaus Schwab and a war for, you know, the, the powers that be, if you want to use that term, the, the elites of the world, the, the, you know, you want to include conservatives in there, include, you know, the Bush family, include the Clinton family, all of the corrupt, you know, huge, the Biden crime family, all of them are a part of this. And they know what's going on here. They were all funneling money through Ukraine, you know, so nobody's nobody's in the right here. You know, obviously, Russia's not in the right for invading a, a what is believed to be a sovereign nation. Um, nobody is correct in starting this war. It's a pissing match between Russia and the UN and really the US because the US is just the representative in the world of the UN. Now we're starting to see that China's tensions with Taiwan are raising as they are sending missiles directly over Taiwan, which Japan just responded to saying that they're not going to allow it and they're going to do uh, responses potentially. 
as a result because they believe that it's unacceptable that that's happening to Taiwan because they know that they're next once Taiwan actually gets taken over, right? They're the very next step on that stool to creating the one China model. Uh, but we're seeing all of these tensions rise and we're seeing that Ukraine is not the saint of a nation that all of the Democrats of the world are flying their flags believing, right? They're, they're, this is not okay, right? Murdering a philosopher's daughter and then, you know, passing it off as be, oh, we didn't do that. Yes, you did. You're in war with them and you, you literally sanctioned them as, so you, of course, that's what happened here. I mean, I don't know. Don't, this is all hearsay, but, <laughs> but it seems very likely, right? Especially when CNN's trying to make it a positive thing by tying him to Trump immediately. So, <clears throat> pretty bizarre, pretty wild that we're starting to see, you know, and it's, it'll be interesting to see how people try to defend this. You know, people have gotten so, so balls deep in being team Ukraine at this point. And uh, how do you respond when they're randomly killing philosophers' daughters for speaking out on social media platforms? And maybe it was, maybe it was accidental and maybe they were going after him, but even that's not okay, right? If you're trying to be a pro-democracy state, that man is not a part of the governmental structure. That man is not a part of the military. And according to the Geneva Convention, he is not able to be a target in this war just for speaking out on these topics, okay? So is the UN going to do anything about that? No. Is NATO going to do anything about that? No, because this is their own proxy war, right? The, and, and especially when it comes to the, you know, what we just talked about, the poisoning of soldiers, and, and especially when we're talking about the, uh, you know, murder of random innocent civilians that's on their hands, right? We funded this. We funded this, guys. If you don't understand that, we as the American citizens funded 80-something, however many billions of dollars now for them to go car bomb innocent civilians with our tax money. Are you okay with that? Because this was all fun, right? We were all pro, not we, I wasn't a part of that. You'd know that if you followed me the whole time on this war, but I, I'm neither take sides. They're both wrong. But we funded this, guys. And, 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 if, and nobody's saying anything about the amount of money that we're peddling over to Zelensky and his, his you know, regime. All of the you know, billions of dollars of weapons that our tax dollars have gone to for them to be able to fight this war properly against Russia. All of that is funded on the backs of you going to work, you paying state taxes and, and national taxes, federal taxes directly from your paycheck. And then those that money, your money being sent to Ukraine to poison soldiers around the Geneva Convention and to blow up innocent civilians' daughters. That's our money at work, guys. That's Biden's administration. That is what they're doing with your tax dollars instead of protecting your our children at schools. That's our tax dollars at work instead of, I don't know, funding the proper uh, conversation around abortion, right? How it should be properly framed and, and how people should, you know, we shouldn't be funding Planned Parenthood. Maybe we should be funding education in schools and that reproduction is actually the result of sex. And, and maybe we should be educating uh, underdeveloped communities and, and, you know, minority communities. Maybe we should be doing that instead of, I don't know, poisoning Russian soldiers uh, and blowing up innocent civilians. Maybe some good ideas there. Uh, but no, 
No, that's not going to happen because, you know, 70%, this is a, a, a percentage that was given by somebody who was on the ground in the arms trade in Ukraine. I'll, I'll have to find the video. But uh, he said that basically 70% of the weapons that are being sent to Ukraine are unaccounted for. Only 30% of the weapons. Now, I don't know if that's true, but it's his claim. And it, he, he threw it out there frivolously. It wasn't like he knew the exact percentage and was marking it down on a piece of paper. But that was his guess. 30% maybe of the weapons that we're sending to Ukraine are actually getting in the hands of Ukrainian soldiers. Where's the other 70% going? Hmm. Maybe to the IRS. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So maybe not the, the white hat government that we were thinking they were. Okay. Um, now, I will save this article for the end of the episode. We'll talk about maybe the Google flagging this father as a criminal for sending pictures to his doctor of his child, which maybe you probably shouldn't do anyways, because that's a little weird. But uh, but anyways, we'll, we'll discuss that after. Um, but the next thing I need you to do right now is head over to redpillrevolution.co. Sign up for the Substack. Get the emails directly to your inbox that has the podcast, all right? Um, you're going to get it every single week. It is going to be a concerted effort on my behalf. You'll get it directly to your inbox to have the links, everything that we're discussing here. Um, and you will get the very first one, I believe, uh, probably Monday, tomorrow. So um, I will throw that together and you will get it directly to your inbox, redpillrevolution.co. The next thing you need to do is head over to the website and click on the link that says get insurance. Okay, click to the top, click the menu. And the only way to support this podcast right now is by going directly to that link and signing yourself up for some life insurance. Now, you might wonder why you need life insurance. And I wondered the same thing. But then I got married. And then I had children and I realized that, oh, life does actually go on when I die. And oh, maybe if you don't have millions of dollars in the bank, you're going to leave your family members in a worse off situation than they already are when you are not present there to support them. All right. So if you have children, you have people that depend on you, you have debt that you don't want to leave to your family members, and you don't have millions of dollars in the bank account, maybe Maybe, just maybe, you should hedge your bet because 100% you're going to die at some point and you don't know whether that's going to be today, you don't know whether that's going to be a month from now, or I hope for you when you're 120 years old. But the likelihood of that is very low. So go get yourself some life insurance right now. It's directly through me. I am your agent of record. Um, you can head over to the website, sign up. You'll see me as your agent. If you have any questions, email me, austin at redpillrevolution.co. And I would love to help you out, answer your questions, and maybe even help you pick out your policy if you ask nicely. <laughs> All right. But you can do it all online. It doesn't take more than, I don't know, 10 minutes to sign up. 95% um, approval rating, all of that stuff. Great prices. I got a $2 million policy for myself for like 60 bucks a month. Um, really, really awesome stuff. So head over there right now. You won't get any phone calls. None of that BS that normally comes with signing for, up for insurance that I know very well about. So do that right now. And then if you haven't subscribed, five-star review. Appreciate you. Love you. Now let's get into the next conversation. All right. So next thing we're going to do is we're going to discuss the big topic of today, which is the fact that the controversial, very controversial social media star, Andrew Tate himself, was banned from Facebook and Instagram this week. 
Now we'll read this article, which says that uh, he was banned on Friday from Meta platforms. It says that the 35-year-old was banned due to violations of Meta's policies on dangerous organizations and individuals. According to BBC, before he was banned, Tate had over 4.7 million followers on his Instagram account. The former kickba- uh, kickboxing champion discussed the ban with popular Twitch streamer Aiden Ross. And he said, I'm quite understanding of their position. It's not a big loss for me. It's not something I use often. I'm kind of relieved because the real world is such a beautiful place. The less things on my phone, and it's just one less thing I have to look at. I'll just get in my supercar and go for a drive. Wow. All right. So let's listen to just what he has, says here. This is 20 seconds about being banned. If it'll play. <laughs> um, so basically, what this guy is is he. You, if you haven't heard his name, you're probably not on TikTok. He's like half of my feed, and I don't follow any of the accounts that he's actually a part of. Um, he he's a joke, but you know, we'll talk about it. How did you get banned? I don't know exactly why they banned me. Um, I just tried to log on Instagram a couple hours ago. It wouldn't let me. I have good people in the case. I trust due process with Instagram. I'm actually quite understanding of their position. I do understand it very, very well. I'm not angry at them in any regard. Uh, it's not a big loss for me. It's not something I use too often. But I do understand their position. Now it goes on to say that Tate told the Twitch streamer he doesn't know why he was banned. We just talked. We just heard that part. So we'll skip that. It says that Tate's first rise to the limelight came when he appeared on, as a contestant on the UK version of Big Brother in 2016. Don't know what that is. He was kicked off of that for a video that came out that showed him allegedly attacking a woman, um, which was basically him sitting there like in some type like this girl was in like lingerie on a couch. I watched it. You probably don't need to, um, but she was in some type of laundry on a couch and he had like a, you know, some type of leather whip that he was hitting her on her butt with. And, you know, it didn't seem very positive. It didn't seem, but it also could have been taken out of context in some sort of weird fetish thing. But it obviously is, you know, go watch the video because you'll see what I'm talking about. They show no context before or after he's just sitting there hitting her, with, but it's obviously looks terrible. And if it's not something that they're both consenting to is very, very wrong, which probably talks about his whole, you know, ecosystem of conversations. This guy is all around the hyper, uh, you know, if, if there is a real thing such as toxic masculinity, um, I, I don't think it's masculinity is the wrong word. This guy's just an asshole, right? There's no toxic masculinity here. He's just a douchebag. Um, so he, he goes on and on about how women are just tools and how, how they're owned by people or men and, uh, they're intrinsically lazy. And he, he says some pretty crazy stuff, right? And so it says that he was in 2017 during the height of the Harvey Weinstein allegations, Tate was suspended by Twitter for saying that women should bear responsibility for being sexually assaulted. So we'll see if we can get the actual tweet of that. Um, I don't think I saw it when they posted it here. Uh, now it says that, um, in these types of situations, while liberals scream that nobody should rape, women can walk around naked and men shouldn't look, uh, shouldn't look, you import waves of third world migrants, but that's a different point entirely. My point is this, if my sister was raped, I'd be furious. However, I'd ask details and say, what the fuck are you drunk at a dude's house? You don't know for in those types of situations, pretending women are blameless and men shouldn't rape is stupid. People shouldn't steal. Poor prep temps. Yeah, I'm not sure I read British very well. Easiest way to protect your daughter, teach her self-awareness and to avoid poor decisions or ensure every man on earth 
uh, won't rape her. Uh, okay. So uh, definitely a tinge of victim blaming there. Um, but you know, nothing that free speech doesn't allow for you to be an asshole. That's like kind of a, an interesting conversation about this is, do I agree with this? Uh, do I think in today's censorship world that if they are going to censor people based on their thoughts, beliefs, and discussions that and how they negatively affect the real world, which is not what they're doing. Um, but let's let's play in that fantasy world. If that is the case, then he should probably be on a list here after all of the weird things that have come up and all the shitty things that he said. But again, I don't agree with censorship at any level. So I think if you're a 35-year-old man-child looking wee character you should still be able to show the world that you're an asshole for your words. And the world should be able to look at you and laugh at you and know that you're a joke and be able to judge you for the way that you talk. And so do I think he should be banned? No. Do I think he's a joke? A, if, you know, is he misogynistic? Yes. Is he an asshole? Yes. Is he uh, somebody that I would want my son watching? No, he wouldn't watch him. Um, is he a caricature of what they want the right to be considered? Yes. Do I want that representing what fatherhood or, or manhood looks like on the are you know on the more non-left-leaning people? No. Is he a good representation of that? No. He's a jerk. He's an asshole. He's misogynistic. He he's a, a, a seems like a piece of shit human being to me who's only focused on money and fucking girls like he's 18 years old. Uh, and maybe at some point should have grown up and didn't. Uh, but do I think that he should have duct tape put on his mouth and can never talk again to the general public. No, I think they should be able, everybody should be able to look at him and judge him for the things that he says, because speaking is not a crime. Nothing he did here is a crime on Instagram and Facebook. <clears throat> now there are some crimes that do come up when you talk about Andrew Tate that are highly concerning. That makes me think that, yeah, nobody should be taking this guy's advice. One of which being that his house was raided for human trafficking um, allegedly they found nothing. Uh, but let's see if I can find the article on that where it says that, um, uh, all right, let's read, let's read this through here because this article talks about some of the things that this guy has said, and then we'll watch a couple clips here of, of what he's actually said and to get some context so you can make your own opinion about it because maybe you disagree with me. Maybe you like the guy. Um, I can't seem to find any way to like anybody in a leather jacket who wears sunglasses inside calling out women. This article says that now this article comes from the guardian and it says inside the violent misogynistic world of TikTok's new star, Andrew Tate it says observer investigation reveals how the ex kickboxer and big brother contestant from Luton has gone from obscurity to global internet fame in months. Uh, now it says that Andrew Tate says women. Now this is again, so take the context of this. Who's writing it? You know, I, I'm trying to be unbiased in this. I do not like this guy. It's not somebody I would want to hang out with. It's not somebody who I would associate myself with. It's not somebody who I agree with on a lot of his accounts of like, you know, and then again, I'm just looking at clips from TikTok that people are pulling that are probably the most wild things that he says, and maybe I'm wrong. But from those wild clips that I've seen, you can't find wild clips of me justifying rape. You can't find wild 
clips of me saying that women have no value and that they're property. You can't find it because I don't say that. It does not how I feel. Maybe I haven't listened to a full podcast of him for sure. And maybe he's a nice guy, which I have heard from uh, Tom Segura and his wife had them him on or something. And that's how he originally got to be pretty big. And they seem to like him and think that he's a caricature and he's just playing this role and like making a bunch of money off of being ridiculous. And he doesn't actually believe a lot of the things. So give him whatever you want to, you know, give him in grace wise. But I, I just, you'll never hear that come out of my mouth because I, you know, I'm not saying that because I don't believe it. But it says, Andrew Tate says that women belong in the home, can't drive, and are a man's property. He also thinks that victims of rape must bear responsibility for their attacks and dates women aged 18 to 19 because he can make an imprint on them, according to videos posted online. Now, that is correct. I've heard that one. In other clips, the British-American kickboxer who poses with fast cars, guns, and portrays himself as a cigar-smoking playboy talks about hitting and choking women, which he also said. I heard that one, and we'll listen to that one too. Trashing their belongings and stopping them from going out. Um, we'll lead into some of these videos and read some of those afterwards, but it says that Tate's views have been described as extremely misogynistic by domestic about domestic abuse charities capable of radicalizing men and boys to commit harm offline. No, I don't think that's the case. Um, but whatever, but the 35 year old is not a fringe personality looking, lurking in an obscure corner of the dark web. Instead, he is one of the most famous figures in, on TikTok, where videos of him have been watched 11.6 billion times. Style is a self-help guru offering his mostly male fans a recipe for making money, pulling girls and escaping the matrix. Tate has gone in a matter of months from near obscurity to one of the most talked about people in the world. In July, there were more Google searches for his name than Donald Trump or Kim Kardashian. His rapid surge of fame was not by chance. Evidence obtained by The Observer shows that followers of Tate are being told to flood social media with videos of him, choosing the most social media cl or controversial clips in order to achieve maximum views and engagement. Um, the coordinated effort involving thousands of members of Tate's private online academy Hustlers University and a network of copycat accounts on TikTok have been described by experts as a blatant attempt to manipulate the algorithm and artificially boost his content. In less than three months, the strategy has earned him a huge following online and potentially made him millions of pounds, uh, with 127,000 members paying $39 a month to join Hustlers community, uh, many of them boys and men from the UK and US. Yet despite much of the content appearing to break TikTok's rules, which explicitly ban misogyny and copycat accounts, the platform appears to have done little to limit Tate's spread or ban the account responsible. Instead, he has propelled him into the mainstream, allowing clips of him to proliferate and actively promoting them to young users. Uh, raised in the East Estate of Young London... Uh, Luton, the, the son of a catering assistant and chess master Tate, has been long making headlines for stirring controversy. Through his 20s, he worked as a TV producer, and then he was a kickboxer. Nobody cares. Um, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, let's see if we can find the part about the trafficking. Uh, it says in another video, he was a, uh, allegedly investigated by police for abusing a woman, which he denied in a case where he had his house raided, devices confiscated, and was held in a cell for two days. Uh, it says that, let's see. Oh, wow. He also openly discussed being accused of violence against several women, although he is not understood to have ultimately been charged with any offenses. Um, in one interview, he describes an inc incident where a woman, well, I can't talk today, a woman knocked a phone out of his hand in a club and a man punched him. So they started wrestling in the tussle. He accidentally hit the woman and broke her jaw, he says. Wow. Also, another thing you'll never hear about me. <laughs> um, so... 
says that Tate is understood to have left the UK for Romania. In one video explaining his reasons for the move, he suggested that it become uh, easier to evade rape charges. Wow, this is probably 40% of the reason he moved there, he said in one video, adding, I'm not a rapist, but I like the idea of just being able to do what I want. I like being free. I'd like to hear that video. I have not heard that one, um, and I've seen it. A, a fair amount of his videos looking and researching for this. But let's go ahead and watch a video so you can hear this dummy's voice and see and have your opinion for yourself on whether or not he should be banned from social media and being able to speak to the general public. And here we go. Someone breaks in the house, I'm not sending her to fight. It's my job, right? I have to risk my life to protect her. So when someone doesn't break in the house and I ask her for breakfast, I expect it to be made. You cannot stop, you cannot give up. You're in the most fantastic place on the planet for making money, Hustlers University, and the only person who can ruin that is you. Welcome to the metaverse. Inject it into your brain. And if you only exist amongst the money, you're gonna end up with some money. Welcome to Hustlers University. Do you think that women are property? I think my sister is her husband's property, yes. When a bride is walking down the aisle to marry the groom, the father walks next to her and gives her away. Ah, ah you cheater, you cheating. It's bang out the machete, boom in her face and then grip her up by the neck. Like, shut up, bitch! All right, so there is some of the things that come up when you research some of these controversial videos. So let's start with the very first thing, which is his Hustlers University. Okay, Andrew Tate basically started his own pyramid scheme. Okay, Hustlers University is a pyramid scheme where he gets guys I guess, specifically men, to join this university th under the idea that they're going to make a bunch of money and he's going to teach them how to make money like he made it, which I'm not sure where he made his money from. Sounds like it could have been from his sex trafficking. So maybe that's a bigger concern about this Hustlers University. It should be called, uh, you know, Trafficking University. But basically, it's a pyramid scheme. He made a Ponzi scheme out of people distributing his own content for him for $39 or £39 a month. Okay, so basically what happens is you bring, you know, you come into Hustlers University from a video, right? Then you go take his content, you post it on TikTok with your link to have them go sign up for this Hustlers University and do the same thing that you just did. You make a percentage off the people that signed up under your link. He makes a percentage off of everybody. Here's him. And, you know, don't mind the pyramid that I'm making. Here's him. Here's you. Here's the people you bring on. It all trickles up and he makes the most money. That's a Ponzi scheme. There's no real value. He posts videos of him standing by Bugattis uh, like they're probably not rented. I don't know. The guy's probably worth some decent money, uh, but it's a pyramid scheme. That's all this is, right? It's, it's nothing new and, and it's allowed to, you know, a bunch of people are signing up for it because he's a wild, crazy, controversial figure, which, you know, who cares? They should lose their money anyways to this man if you're dumb enough to sign up thinking this guy's going to be the one who makes you rich. I tend not to take advice from almost 40-year-old man children in leather vests with cigars in their mouth, sunglasses on inside who claim to get all the 19-year-old, uh, you know, sex in the world. Like... Yeah, you're probably not the role model or mentor that people should be looking for. Now, I think there's an interesting conversation there, which is this something people are actually looking for or is he gaming the algorithm, right? Is he gaming the algorithm through this Ponzi scheme that he created? And then people are going and distributing a bunch of his content and then he gets famous off of people giving him money to distribute his content to make him famous to give him money. I don't know. I don't see how this, I you know, 
business-wise, seems to be working just fine for him if 129,000 people are paying 39 pounds a month. But he's not the guy I'm generally going to go look for advice for. And, you know, it's speaking to the, the idea that is this something that TikTok is circulating? Right. The idea is that there's a segmented TikTok. There's a TikTok in China that's all violin playing and math and science and, you know, making their children and communities uh, the best possible people they can be. And then them flooding our system with these toxic ideologies, with these uh, terrible, you know, caricatures of what it means to be on one side or the other. Whether it's the blue-haired LGBT Zer Zem, uh, you know, nothing against the LGs, Bs, or the you know, but the Ts are obviously a, a movement that's been coming up from social media, right? That's something that has not existed before this, and and is being pushed in and pushed into our ideology, being pushed into our school systems, being pushed into social media accounts to normalize it, so that when your children get on TikTok at whatever damn age you get, and I've seen six-year-olds with cell phones on TikTok. Whatever you give them to, that that's going to be what's flooding their their uh, their consciousness, right? So when you have somebody being pushed and pushed and pushed over again, it's it's the laws of advertising, right? If there's numbers involved, eventually you get a certain outcome. And if there's a, how many billion views, eleven billion views that this guy has, yeah. How in the world does it get to that point if the algorithm is true to attention, which is showing that if you watch his content over and over again, or you watch the full video, it's going to recirculate it. So apparently people are finding maybe just entertainment value, controversy value, whatever it is, the currency that he's trading in is attention. And through that attention, he's pushing these shitty ideologies that are making, you know, are they corrupting young youth? Yeah, you get a guy who's on there talking super confidently and making him look super cool with his stupid sunglasses, his, you know, uh, shaved head and his Bugatti in the background. It's, it's, is it positive? No. Should he be banned? No, I don't think so. I think that he should be, you know, should there be better... Uh, understanding of TikTok's algorithms and should we allow them to flood our community with negative ideologies? No. Um, but that's a that's a platform conversation, not an individual conversation, right? And, and maybe you want to talk about Meta and Instagram and Facebook making these decisions. You know, I don't agree with this guy says. Maybe put a content filter on there that says, you know, uh, should be 18 and up. And I, again, I don't even agree with that really. Um, but if you're going to do something, there's no reason somebody shouldn't be able to talk, even if they're saying stupid, bad, rude things, right? If you can go outside and say it's somebody, as long as he's not specifically calling on violence for somebody, or, you know, um, literally that's about it that you can get in trouble for on the town square, then you shouldn't get, I believe wholeheartedly that social media companies should follow the constitution. They should have to follow our U S laws, at least when dealing with people in the U S and in this case, this does not do that. He didn't say anything that was go kill X, Y, and Z go, you know, uh, shoot so-and-so. No, he didn't say any of those things. He made himself look like a douchebag. Now all the women and men who are right and sound in their mind know he's a douchebag and they're not going to listen to him. They're laughing at him. They're everybody who's like 99% of people who are watching this man are laughing at what a douchebag he is. And no, they would never want to come within five feet of him, no matter how confident you talk and how you spit out, you know, your, your coffee when you talk about all the girls who want you. And no, nobody, nobody likes that. Women don't like that. And the women, 
women that do are the ones who are getting $45,000 worth of work done on themselves because they're not confident in who they are. And that's not somebody that I would want to attract into my life. So I'm not going to follow somebody who attracts women like that, right? The, the women that you want, if you are a young male, is the one who is, yeah, confidence is attractive, right? Of course, as always, right? Confidence is a number one thing. It means that you believe in yourself, that you have some sense of self and that, you, you know, confidence is an unbelievable weapon in life and you should learn to use it right? That's about 90% of who this man is. He has no substance, right? He, he can make a Ponzi scheme. Great. It's because of his level of confidence that he's able to, to present his content in the way that he is and get views. Doesn't make him valuable. He doesn't have an amazing opinion on the structural foundation of our government. He doesn't, he doesn't add value to making you a better person to the people that are around you. No, he's going to, if you emulate him in everyday life, he lives in a fantasy land, a fantasy land. If you acted like that to people around you, they would fucking hate you. Nobody wants to go get a drink with a guy who wants to rant about girls for two and a half hours when he's 40 years old in a leather vest with a cigar in his mouth and his sunglasses on. Nobody wants that. He's a caricature. He's a joke. But should he be banned from social media? I don't believe so. I don't believe that's the right move. I believe you should let people see how much of a joke and a douchebag that he is. And then that will work it out. He'll be a fizzle in the wind in a year from now, right? These people do not last. These controversy-focused individuals, you know, even look at the Kim Kardashians of the world. They're irrelevant. Nobody cares about you. Now go watch Jordan Peterson. If you're if you're thirsty for a mentor in life, go listen to Jordan Peterson. Go, don't go listen to Andrew Tate. And watch Jordan Peterson will be around for decades. As long as he's alive, that man will have value in society because he gives value to society. This man is a deflated balloon of confidence wrapped in a leather jacket, standing in front of a Bugatti and a girl who looks like she's a Bratz doll, if you remember what those are. <laughs> so um, that's my thoughts on this. All right, now let's watch one last clip of this douchebag and then we'll move on to that last article that I talked about, uh, about Google, uh, basically going after a father. So here it is. Find the old one who's a bit older, who hasn't had too much experience in life or sat around with some dork for a while or whatever. But in general, this is also one of the reasons men find youth attractive. You want to blow up the internet, I'll blow up the internet right fucking now. The reason 18 and 19 year olds are more attractive than 25 year olds is because they've been through less dick. I'll say this right here on the fucking internet. I don't give a shit. I'll say this right there on the internet. I'm a pedophile. I'm a weirdo. I'm a 40-year-old jerk-off who wears leather to interviews and sunglasses inside everywhere I go. Who of a sound mind goes on to a podcast that's going to be seen by, this is from the Full Send podcast, um, and these guys are like baffled by him if you watch this full interview. They're like, do you actually act this way around girls, families, and people you know in real life, or are you being totally you know, fake here. Um, but you see the way that they interact with him is like kind of standoffish. Like, does this actually work for you in real life or are you, is this entire thing fake? Right? So, but here we go. I just think that's funny that he's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll break the internet right now. I'm a pedophile. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. You didn't break the internet. You just had a self profession that if the, this is the thing that I think about People who come on here and say like, oh, 18 and 19 year olds, if you're 24, 25, 30, 35, 40, almost like this dude is, 
and you're sitting there bragging about 18 and 19 year olds, all you're saying is you're a pedophile. And that doesn't, being with an 18 or 19 year old legally does not make you a pedophile. But what does is the fact that if they moved that down to 17, his number would have moved down to 17. If it was 16, he would have moved that down to 16. If it was any lower than that, he would continue going, but he only goes to that number because that's the legality surrounding it, right? So now you know who this person is, what his belief systems are surrounding sexuality, around children, around you know young adults. And literally when he goes on to say this, he's saying that they're more manipulatable, more manipulatable. They can manipulate, <laughs> he can manipulate them. <laughs> manipulable. Um, that's his reasoning. Oh, they haven't had as much dick. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're just coming out of high school, you weirdo. That doesn't make them intrinsically more valuable because, and and, and again, he, he's like, he, there's clips of him going, oh, a key that opens many locks is a master key, but a lock that's opened by many keys is a shitty lock. Like, it's just a flawed, a flawed idea of, of roles, right? Like, no, a guy who goes off and sleeps with 150 women, it doesn't make him intrinsically valuable. Yeah, maybe he can pick up women because he has confidence or because he has money or because those women saw value in him specifically, but that doesn't make him valuable because he did that. And it doesn't make a woman less valuable because she did the same thing that you did. Yeah, maybe just don't go sleep around. Maybe that's the proper idea. You know, maybe you as an individual, as a man, shouldn't be sleeping with hundreds of people either, you idiot. Anyways, let's watch this video. People will sit there and go, oh, you can't say that. Yes, I can. A 19-year-old is more attractive than a 26-year-old woman. And I'll tell you why. Because that 26-year-old has talked to more guys, been to the club more because times, been more places, been fucked and dumped more times, more arguments, more heartbreak, more bullshit, more mess for me to clean up. Whereas a 19-year-old might have had one guy from high school, just broke up, she's fresh, and I can fucking put my imprint on her, make her a good person. And may Put my imprint on her. You mean grooming her. You mean taking a child at 18 years old and grooming her to being the person that you can manipulate so that when you talk to her the ways that you do to, uh, in public, because if he talks to the people this way in public and he talks about women this way in public, just imagine what he's doing behind closed doors when a camera's not on him and he doesn't have a microphone in his face. Like it's, it's wild to me that this guy, so I in no way, shape or form like this guy at all. Right, I think he's a douchebag. I'll, I'll tell you that a hundred times over again. He's the exact caricature uh, definition of an, uh, you know, insert whatever term here. But it, he uh, still, I, I just think that the the social media platform banning is just not not the move. So let's listen to some more stupid things this guy has to say without her having to go through all that detriment to learn about life so what's your key age range 19 to it's not it's not just about the age range just the just example. A, no it's, i know but what's your just, what's your what's your preference i mean hot girls are hot girls yeah. right i don't know hot girls are hot girls but my point is that older women the reason they're less attractive to men even if men don't instinctually understand it it's because they've been through a whole bunch more shit and, and we're not interested in dealing with someone else's problems if you get with a girl who's 26 27 she's gonna be sitting there going I know men like you. I've seen what men like you do. You ain't going out to the. Yeah, I, I, don't like, I don't like that. I yeah, ain't, I yeah, ain't yeah. dealing. So you're telling uh, me, wait, wait, you're telling me you were innocent and sweet for this dude. You were nice to him. He fucked you and messed you up. And now I deal with the attitude problem you've developed because he got your pussy. I didn't even want him to fuck you in the first place. You should have been a virgin when you met me. No. He just thinks that she thinks you're an asshole because she's not a naive child who can see through your BS. Like, <laughs> now I'm dealing with your shit. 
Get fucked. Goodbye. Don't you think, though, the you know, trying to find purity out of women, it, it kind of is like a low possibility? I mean, it's kind of like when a woman says, I want a guy that's like six feet tall, whatever the case may be, right? There's less of them. And like, it's like, dude, you can't really find a version the, out The here, best man. things in the world are low probability. It doesn't mean it's not what we desire. We're talking about we, what we desire. And what I'm saying is that one of the best things about status is that you can now get what you desire. So at, at status, most men have this dream of sleeping with endless women. All right. So I'll leave it there with you guys. This guy's a, a, a creepy weirdo who's obviously interested in grooming children, has gone to, has had his home raided for trafficking, which you can't say about very many people that you know. Can you? Hmm. So maybe he's in some circles that he shouldn't be. Maybe he moved to a country that he's should, you know, went to specifically for, according to him, 40% of the reason was so they didn't get caught in rape charges. Like, yeah, this guy's a shitty person, but should he, you know, is he calling for the mass violence against people? No, people should look at him and he shouldn't be employable outside of his own Ponzi scheme because he's an idiot who says stupid things. And yeah, is it going to affect youth? Absolutely. Should he be circulated the way that he is on TikTok? No. But should he get a piece of tape over his mouth and not be able to speak because he says outlandish shit? No. Throw a not safe for work thing on there and let people go after him for being a shitty person. Like they all do. Everybody like besides his 120,000 people that pay money to get advice from this pedophile. Nobody likes this guy. Everybody thinks he's a douchebag. Okay. So, but again, that comes back to the free speech absolutist side of me, uh, which seems to be a good term that a lot of people are throwing around now. So anyways, now, the last article we're going to discuss is going to be a Google uh, picking up a dad uh, saying a dad took photos of his naked toddler for the doctor. Google flagged him as a criminal. Google has an automated tool to detect abusive images of children, but the system can get it wrong and the consequences are serious. So that Mark's noticed something amiss with his toddler is... Uh, his genitals were swollen and it was hurting him. Marcus, stay-at-home dad in San Francisco, grabbed his Android smartphone, took photos of the document to, uh, to document the problem so he could track his progression. It was a Friday night in February 2021. His wife called an advice nurse at the health care provider to schedule an emergency consultation uh, by video. The nurse had to send photos to the doctor so they could review them in advance. Mark's wife grabbed her husband's phone and texted a few high-quality close-ups of his genitals through the iPhone so that they could upload them to the healthcare provider's messaging system. In one, Mark's hand was visible, helping to better display the swelling. Um, his wife gave no thought to the tech giants that made this quick capture and exchange of digital data possible or what the giants might think of the images. Yeah, because you're giving access to Google, Google for all of your photos. Like, there's, like, that's the difficulty with iCloud. That's the difficulty with Google, with Androids, is you're literally allowing them to run AI scraping bots on every little piece of information that you have on your phone, which is terrifying. Now, there is a use case for this. Obviously, I am 100% against, as you probably just heard about Andrew Tate, against pedophilia and about against, you know, child pornographer distribution pornography distribution, and, and I think it's wrong, but you know, the misfires like this make the AI data scraping on cell phones like look really bad. And do I think that they should have automatic access to every piece of information that you have in your personal life? No. Do I want pedophiles who are distributing child sex uh, pictures and horrible things like that around in jail and found? Yes. Uh, but it's, it's an interesting like dichotomy like almost like trolley equation right which is worse um and that comes to like the overlords should ai bots be the ones that are co going after criminals right 
Uh, and again, here's some weird, weird trolley questions for you. It says it was, um, let's go ahead and read it a little bit more. Um, it says, with the help of the photos, the doctor diagnosed the issue and prescribed antibiotics. Uh, Mark, who is asked to identify by his only first name for fear of potential reputational harm, has been caught in the algorithmic net designated to snare people exchanging child sex abuse material. Because technology companies routinely capture so much data, they have been pressured to act as sentinels, examining what passes through their servers to detect and prevent criminal behavior. Child advocates say the company's cooperation is essential to combat the rampant online spread of um, sexual abuse imagery, but it can entail peering into private archives, such as digital photo albums, an intrusion users may not expect, that has cast innocent behavior in a sinister light in at least two cases the Times has unearthed. Now, welcome to the revolution. Now that you know that you're still here on the podcast. <laughs> um, now, it goes on to say that Google probably thinks that was child porn. Um, two days after the photos of his son's Mark's phone made a blooping notification noise. His account had been disabled because of harmful content. And there was a severe violation of Google's policies and might be illegal. A learn more link led to a list of possible reasons, including the uh, pictures that he had. It goes on to go a big thing about how they actually found the images, what they did about it. This is a severely wrong article, um, or long, long article. Uh, but guilty by default is the very last thing. It says that uh, the law professor said that cooperation the technology companies provide to law enforcement to address and root out child sex abuse is incredibly important, but she thought it should allow for corrections. From Google's perspective, it's easier to just deny the people these use of their services. Otherwise, the uh, company would have to resolve more difficult questions about what's appropriate behavior with kids and then what's appropriate to photograph or not. Mark still has hope that we, he can get his information back. The San Francisco police said that the contents of his Google account preserved on a thumb drive. Mark is now trying to get a copy a police spokesperson said the department is eager to help him so he's not even allowed to use google anymore right pretty crazy pretty wild and on that note i will leave you guys today if there's nothing that you want google having of you scraping off of your phone <laughs> maybe you should second guess what you have on there so thank you guys so much for listening i appreciate you so much head over to redpillrevolution.co.com is for losers sign up for the Substack. um get involved you can watch everything there listen to everything there and i hope you guys have a Wonderful, wonderful day.